Welcome to the Management Minute with Dr. Donita Brown, where we sit down with business leaders to gain valuable insights and advice on how to navigate the world of management. Whether you're a seasoned manager or just starting out, this podcast is for you. I'm Donita Brown, a professor in the College of Business at Lipscomb University. I'm also an author, speaker, and habit coach. For almost 20 years, I worked in corporate America. I managed teams of two to 102. Welcome to this week's episode. Today's guest is Arliss. Are you, Joe? Arliss, thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. All right. I'm excited to hear your one sentence bio. So take it away. Yes. I currently work for KPMG as the director of data analytics. I've been in the field, tech field, for about 25 years now, half of which is managing people. And it's something I tremendously love doing. All right. Ready for question number one? Yes, I am. How do your values impact your management philosophy? It really is just the golden rule, but it's also important. So the golden rule, you know, states that, you know, do unto others what you want to be done unto you. But you have to have a long-term memory for this. And the reason for that is this. You do want to remember things that worked when you were a counselee, when you were still, you know, trying to climb up the ranks. And it's important for you to remember the times wherein your manager did something right and that impacted you. Keep mental notes of those. And as you come along, you then remember those and then use that as part of your management style. It's also important that the inverse would be very important too. There would be instances in your career that a manager would do something that you can't explain, but you know, it's something that's not effective. It's something that you would question. And it's important for you to also take mental notes of those and tell yourself, when I am now in a leadership position where I can impact somebody's life, I want to make sure that I don't do this to them that I remember this and be able then to come back and say, I know what you're asking now. I've been in that position before. My manager didn't really give me the correct reply or answer or help. And now, but I'm going to do the right thing for you. I'll I'll give an example. There was this one instance a couple of years back wherein I was asking for a very simple thing from my manager. I said, hey, I, I just need this specific resource because I'm working on a very large project which required me to put in a ton of data. And I was asking for additional hardware. And I was really surprised by that. Well, you know, why do you need that? And so on and so forth. And it's, it's almost like you felt like there's no trust in your mm. judgment to get that resource. And so now when my team, when somebody in my team asks for resources, the first thing I do is you need this for your work to, for you to become effective. I will say yes, because I trust your judgment in this, and this will help you. And that is great. So golden rule with long-term memory. I had not heard of it titled like that, but I think that is such a great thing to think about. I can, I can think about a time when I was early in my career working tons of hours mm-hmm. and I had a boss every day when he came in Now he was, he was so smart, but he would come in, he would never even speak to anybody. He would just go in his office and shut the door and you might see him come out. Yeah. I don't even think he ate. Like he just sat in his office and did all the work. And I remember thinking, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm going to make sure that I know my people. Yeah. I know what's on their mind. I know, you know, I know their challenges. Mm-hmm. And I love that long-term memory. That is, that is great advice. Yeah, because leadership starts when you're not one. 
Right, right. right. That is right. And yeah, you develop you that leadership when you're exactly. not a leader. Yeah, that's great. Exactly. That is great. Oh, that's a wonderful answer. Okay, ready for question number two? Yes. Who or what has had the most impact on your management style? I love this question because really I'm an amalgamation of different people. Sure. So there are really a lot of people in my life that has contributed to who I am now as a manager or as a leader. Yeah. And I'm not going to rank them, but I'm going to kind of tell or or introduce people as they came into my career. So I'll do that ranking in case they're listening. There's no particular rank here. The first one really is Lynn Johnston. Hmm. Uh, Lynn Johnston happened to be the first manager that I had when I came to America. And he is the uh, epitome of what you would call a servant leader. Mm. And I'll give you a perfect example of how he did that. So this was during the Y2K period. Oh, yeah. And uh, we had a big project over at the state of Arkansas. And it was high pressure because we're Y2K is going to happen regardless of right. whether you like it or not. Right. And for those that don't know, Y2K, we weren't even sure if computer systems were going to be able to make that shift. So there was a lot of resources put behind reprogramming and testing. And it was really hard with, with a hard deadline. Absolutely. So there is a drop dead deadline for everything. And so one of the things, it was a very simple thing that he did for me. And that is to make sure that he stiffed our anybody who tries to get in my way of Mm. completing my work. And one of the things, and we were in an all-night session, and one of the things, he he would literally just sit there and make sure nobody talks to me. Oh, wow. But to a point, he will also get me food. And I was just dumbfounded by this because Mm. there's such a hierarchy coming from the Philippines. There's a unique hierarchy that we follow back home in the Philippines. And and your boss will never do, you know, some some will, but it's very rare. But for him to say, hey, I'm going out. What do you need me to pick up for you food-wise? And I was just, again, just this man didn't have to do that for me. So he did all the right things, and that just kind of get got etched in my memory. So, so he protected you to actually let you do the work and then and got you food. And got me food. Yeah. For free. <laughs> I love it. I love free food. Yes, yes. I love food, period, but I love free food. But what a great example of being a servant leader, yeah. of doing the little things. What about another example? The next one, again, as they came into my life, it would be Bracey Halbrook. Hmm. So Bracey Halbrook was my first manager when I came into um, HCA TriStar. When it comes to work ethic and the level of quality of work, he just excels excels in that. And Mm. you see that coming back and you see that in the team as a whole. That is happening. And so you share that and you embody that together with him because you know that there is a very high bar that he expects from you. But he's very fair on those expectations. And I mm. think that's also very important to note. And so that work ethic, quality in your work, you know, really has has impacted me that I now, you know, also within reason, within a good amount of fairness to my people to also say, hey, here is where we set the bar. We cannot go lower than this because we are expected to perform very high and also have quality products coming out of our shop. Right. And be fair. And be fair. And be fair about time, resources, and expectations. That is great. Do you have one more? I do have one more. Okay. And and this is a, both you and I know this person, Kim 
Lewis. Yeah. Purcell. Yeah. Vulnerability. Mm. I have never had a leader who is incredibly vulnerable, but that is what made her relatable. Right. That made her a human being mm-hmm. to my eyes and not just boss. And she is way up there. Yeah. I mean, she is the CIO for TriStar. But yeah. when she is with you, especially with her leadership, she lets her guard down. But this is just to show the people, hey, I'm just like you. Right. We're going through this crisis and I'm there with you. And I think a lot of leaders have this facade of telling people like, hey, I know all the answers. Right. You know, it's okay for you to be vulnerable. It's okay for you to show weakness, but also you need to show strength at the same time. But there's timings to this and Mm -hmm. you have to be able to identify those instances wherein that vulnerability actually makes you relatable. Right. And that's what she's done. And and I love her. And yeah. I love she knows this. So. And and having the emotional intelligence as a leader to know yeah, when absolutely. to be vulnerable and when to show that absolutely. strength and that, that poker face. Yes. Yeah, yes. Those are good. Before we get to the next question, let's pause for a quick message. Are you ready to become the leader you've always wanted to be? Then join us for 24-7 Leadership's Power Talk series. Leaders never rest. They lead all the time. 24-7. In this dynamic training, you'll master the essential communication and thinking skills to showing up as a leader you envision every single day. Learn to be fully present with yourself and others, to listen deeply, and to create lasting developmental alliances with your team. Who could benefit from this transformational training, you ask? Well, anyone leading a team, from new managers to seasoned CEOs. Past participants rave about these coaching skills and how they positively impacted both their personal and professional lives. So don't wait. Unleash your leadership potential today with 24-7 Leadership's Power Talk series. Visit our website, 247leadership.org, to learn more and sign up today. 24-7 Leadership is powered by the College of Business. You ready for question number three? I am. What book has made the biggest impact on you? There are two. Okay. I, I can uh, I can tell you. And the first one, this is both from management perspective and also just personally. The first book that really touched my life is The uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And, and that's Stephen Covey. And so there are seven habits there. But if I were to just summarize this and what I've gotten out of this is, is simply this. Our experiences usually is because of conditioning. Hmm. From, from the environment, from our parents, from our friends. But it's important for us to know that we can break free from those conditioning. Our minds have the unique ability to reframe things as we see them. Yeah. I'll give you a quick exercise here. Pink elephant. Okay. It popped in your mind. Right, right, right. Never right. thought about a pink elephant before. Exactly. But here's the thing. During our conversation... Your mind is able to detach yourself from this conversation we're having to then have this pink elephant in your head. You can do the inverse now for situations wherein it's pressure filled. Mm. You're always told that if you, you know, if you get into an argument, it could be confrontational, it could be violent. But you now have this ability to say, wait, I'm not that. I can detach myself from this, be a spectator in this conversation. And reframe it. Give myself a time to reflect and say, okay, I'm now going to answer this this way. I'm going to react this way. 
And so that was the biggest aha moment for me is that when things happen, it's because that's been how we were preconditioned. But your ability now to say, I can stop that. Yeah, I have good. the ability to to course that elsewhere is really one of the big things for me from seven habits. You know, that is such a good book. And that's one that I need to put on my list to reread every year. Cause there's so much good in that book, like little nuggets of wisdom in that book. All right. What's your second book? First break all the rules. Oh, that's a good one too. Yes. Marcus Buckingham. The biggest thing I got from that, and there's a lot is this, we're always told that there's this next rung for you to climb up the ladder. Here's mm -hmm. the next step. Here's the next step. But the truth of the matter is you don't have to go up to the next rung. So think about this. Think about your your favorite basketball, baseball player. You know, like think about what if Michael Jordan says, I may be the greatest player, but now I want to coach hmm. and just left playing. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Sometimes there are individuals that you come across where, who are individual contributors who don't need to go up to the next level or the next, you know, the next rung in the ladder. And that's perfectly fine. Then what you do is support them in that situation, in, in that career to make them better at what they're doing. And, and so I, I think there's a misconception that you always have to move the next step up, but then you find yourself in a miserable position where you're not happy. Yeah. I think one of the important things too is to, if you are there, make sure you, you, you're honest with yourself mm -hmm. because there are a lot of individual con contributors that are really experts at what they were doing, like a computer developer who can write any type of code and then they're put into a management position and they really are not a people person. Right. And so it's difficult for them then to get out of that comfort zone and be now around people. You have to be very cognizant of that and be honest to yourself. If you're there, you have to say, this is not for me. Yeah. And if you were happy where you were before, that's okay too. You know, and I think early in our careers, we often think we have to just keep moving up. But I think it takes a lot of self-evaluation to say, maybe I'm just happy doing what I'm doing here. And maybe I'm really good at it. And yes. I don't need to move up. Yes. That was that was. That was a good recommendation. Yes. All right. Are you ready for my favorite part of the podcast? I believe so. Okay. So it's going to be 60 seconds. Rapid fire questions. Okay. Don't overthink it. Okay. You get one pass. I get one pass. All Got right. It. So you okay. ready? Let's do it. Okay. What's the weirdest hobby you've ever tried? Oh, uh, breaking boards. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, vanilla Tillamook. Do you have any siblings? I do. How many? I have two siblings. What's the best concert you've ever been to? Um, it would be Leia Salonga. Uh, uh, we went to Indiana. What's your mantra? Um, live for the moment. What was your first job? Um, I was a bus conductor. What's at the top of your bucket list? Oh, um, I just have one. Um, retire early what job would you be terrible at um mm, a lot i would say <laughs> <laughs> what's the best part of your day oh just waking up there you go that's a great way yeah. to end good job Thank all you. right so your job now is to give parting advice to managers what's the best advice you can give to a manager we as managers 
we have this distinct opportunity to impact somebody's somebody's life mm-hmm. exponentially. Mm-hmm. And we have to take that to heart. That means that we can impact them both financially, we can impact them from a career standpoint, from learning new things. We have to take that to heart and know that we're there to serve them and to help them move along that process and get the best out of them, get the best situation for them, and also get the best outcome from everything they're doing. I think we forget how much of that, as managers, we have power mm. and, and how we can impact that. Power for good or power for bad. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And let me just give you an example. My personal experience here, being here in the States, people who have helped me grow in my career, because of that, everything that I have, especially somebody coming from the Philippines, from the tropical country, you know, coming here to America, everything that we have right now is exponential to what I have, may have gotten from the Philippines, huh. but because people here, like the Lynn Johnstons, the Kim Lewis Purcells of the world, saw in me somebody to develop, somebody to trust. Everything that I have right now is gravy from 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 mm. every walk of whether it's with my position, title, and financial, and it's because of people like them who have helped me throughout my career, and that's very powerful for you yeah. to have that impact. At the end of the day. When you look back and you look at all the people that you've affected, where are they now? Have they grown exponentially? Yeah. And be happy that you're part of that. That is awesome. Well, Arliss, thank you so much thank for being you. this week's guest. Thanks for listening to the Management Minute. We hope you enjoyed this week's interview. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend or colleague. If you have suggestions for future guests, please send me their contact information to donita.brown at lipscomb.edu. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you. This podcast is powered by the College of Business Content Creation Studio at Lipscomb University.